Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. Turn with me today to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. I'm going to read verse 7 through verse 10. I'm going to be reading the Passion Translation of the Bible. And I'm going to ask you to stand, if you will, for the reading of the Word. I don't know about you, but I feel Him here today. I sense something very good and very real in this house. Something good is getting ready to happen. Amen. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through verse 10. Passion translation, and it says this. Those who are loved by God, let His love continually pour from you to one another. Because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of Him. The one who does not love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when He sent His matchless Son into the world so that we might live through Him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved Him it was His love, not ours. He provided it by sending His Son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. I'm going to share with you this morning through a word of prayer again. Starting the series this morning on Love Is. Today I want to talk to you about this. Love Is. One powerful four-letter word. One powerful four-letter word. Father, I ask you now, God, that you would anoint this service today. God, that you would anoint me to preach the gospel, that you would anoint me to share the word this morning. And God, that you will speak into every life and you will speak into every heart. And God, that the love of God will grasp us this morning. And God, that it will get a hold of us where we are. And God, no matter where we are in our walk with you, no matter what we've walked through this past week, that we will get a hold of the fact, God, that you love us so much, God, that you're willing to give and do anything, Lord, for us. And Lord, I'm thankful for that realization today. Now, Lord, let your love change us this morning. Let it save, let it heal, let it deliver, let it work miracles in the lives of every believing person, every person who will accept and receive here today. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. I want to share with you this morning again on this. Love is. Love is one powerful four-letter word. Now, I want to start off with something that I shared with you in the message that I preached about maybe three or four Sundays ago, and that is this. God is love. I could say those three words right there in this message, say amen, close the service, and go home and said enough. God is love. You know what that means? It means God cares for us no matter what. It means God wants the best for us no matter what. It means that God wishes us well. And I'm thankful for that this morning. But God is love. God loves you with agape love, a divine love, 
a love you cannot know outside of God. He loves you with a love that comes from no other. It only comes from Him. There is no love in human relationships that even compares to the love that God has for you and that God has for me. Nothing else compares to the love of God. Can I tell you that the love of God is unconditional love? You know what that means? He loves us regardless. He loves us uniquely. He loves us like no other can. The love of God is unconditional, and it only comes from Him. It is the only thing that can truly fill the void that is in our lives. If there's a void in you this morning, if there's an emptiness in you this morning, only the love of God can fill that emptiness. It doesn't matter what you've tried to fill it with. It doesn't matter what you've tried to do to fill that place in your life. Only God's love can fill you to the fullest. While you might temporarily try to find a fulfillment of love through people and maybe through material things, there is no true fulfillment in life without the love of God. Amen. Can I say that again? There is no true fulfillment in life without the love of God. And can I tell you, you can't earn it. You need to understand this. You cannot buy it. You cannot win it. So if you're trying to gain the love of God, you can't do anything good enough to earn it. You can't do anything or you can't spend enough to buy it. You can't do anything to win it. You just have to accept and receive it from God. It's that simple. God gave us his love. He's extended it unto us. And our part is this, is to open up to him and receive his love willingly. A man by the name of A.W. Tozer said this, he said the love of God is one of the greatest realities of the universe, a pillar upon which the hope of the, world's re of the world rests. But it is a personal, intimate thing, too. He said God does not love populations. He loves people. And then he said he loves not masses but men. Can I just stop and tell you, yes, God loves us on a group level, but God loves us individually. He loves us personally. And I just want to tell you something. I don't care where you've been this week or what the devil's drug you through or how low you felt this week. God sent me by to tell you that he loves you and you are unique in his eyes. You are special to God. You mean something to God. And you are precious in his sight. I'm going to speak to somebody in this room. Maybe you've even contemplated this last week of ending your life and ending it all and just stepping out. But I want to stop and tell you this morning. It's not time for you to give up on life. It's not time for you to lay it down. It's not time for you to surrender to those kind of things. God sent me by to tell you his love goes deeper. His love goes higher. His love reaches places that nothing else can. And I want to tell you, God wants to love you through where you are and through where you've been.
God wants to love you through it. Now, there's some things we need to understand this morning, and I'm going to point a couple of them out to you as we go. Number one, we need to understand God knows the real you. Now, I don't know the real you. I know what I see when I'm around you. I know when I st- what I see when we talk or when we're together. But I don't know the real you. And the reality is you don't know the real me. None of us can really know the real of all of us. But I want to tell you, God knows the real you. He knows your private thoughts. He knows your private feelings. He knows what you never speak. He knows what you never say. But he knows what's on your mind, and he knows what's in your heart. And I want you to understand this. God knows the real you, and he loves and accepts you just the way you are. And that's the unique thing about God. He accepts us just like we are. He accepts you for who you are. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. Excuse me. (coughs) He doesn't expect us to be perfect. He accepts us just like we are. His love is not based on our actions or our deeds. So your actions can't be good enough to gain his love. Your deeds can't be certain things to gain his love. He loves you no matter what your actions or your deeds are. Now, that doesn't mean God always likes our actions. It doesn't mean he always likes our deeds. It doesn't mean he always likes what we do. Because if we're living in sin and we're walking in sin and we're walking in the ways against God, it doesn't mean that God likes those things. But he loves us regardless. He loves us regardless. And I want to say this to you. Thank God that he loves us because of who he is and not because of who we are. Thank God he loves us because who he is. The love of God is born from within him, not from what he finds in us. Amen? It's born from inside him, not what he finds in you and me. His love, and I want you to do this, his love is uncaused and spontaneous. I like that. It is his very nature to love unconditionally. There's that word again. Love unconditionally means he loves you no matter what. Means he's not there trying to condemn you. He's not there trying to push you down. He's there to lift you up. And he's there to love you no matter where you find yourself. His love for us is based on his love alone and has nothing to do with us. Don't you think about that one? His love for us is based on his love alone. It has nothing to do with you and me. His love for us is what makes His grace toward us impossible. possible, excuse me. Let me say that again. His love for us is what makes His grace toward us possible. His love is what makes His grace real and alive and can help us accept and receive Him. He's the only constant we can depend on. I want every person in this house to hear this. He is the only constant that we can depend on. He never changes. So can I declare to you this morning, if he never changes, his love never changes. 
I said his love never changes. And here's the other side of that. His love never stops. God loves you before you were born, and he'll love you till the day you die, and he'll love you even beyond. I want to tell you something. You may choose to walk away from God, and you may choose to never accept the saving grace of God. And I'm just going to be real for a minute. And you may die and go to hell, but God will still love you even though you may wind up in that awful place. He will still love you. His love never stops for us. He started out loving us, and he'll never stop. And I want somebody to get it. Max Licato said in his book, A Gentle Thunder, he said this, God's love never ceases, never. Though we spurn him, ignore him, reject him, despise him, disobey him, he will not change. He went on to say, our evil cannot diminish his love. Our goodness cannot increase it. Our faith does not earn it any more than our stupidity jeopardizes it. Wow. Then he said, God does not love us less if we fail and more if we succeed. God doesn't love you any less if you fail. And he doesn't love you anymore if you succeed. And he last of all, he said this, God's love never ceases. So I want to tell you something. It's a lie belched up out of hell when the devil tells you if you fail God somewhere along the way, when the devil tells you God doesn't love you anymore, that's a lie belched up out of hell. His love is not based on whether you fail him or not or whether you do more for him or not. His love for you remains constant. And it takes me back to that statement. He's the only constant we can depend upon. Can you fathom in your mind that God's love never ceases? It never stops? Now, we can't always say that as human beings. It's sad to say, but sometimes in life, if we're not careful, we let our love be based upon certain things. What people do for us or don't do for us. It's sad to say, but in life, if we're not careful, we let our love for others be based upon who they are who they're not. And it's sad to say that. I declare to you this morning, God doesn't change no matter what in your life. Romans chapter 8, verse 39 and 38 and 39. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has embraced us. Give the Lord a hand over that one. Nothing can come between us and God's love. And I want you to notice how it said, this is a message Bible here, but it said absolutely nothing can come between us and the love of God for our life. You know what that means? Nothing can separate us from his love. 
Nothing can separate us from his love. God is omnipresent. He has already been everywhere time will ever be. That means his love goes everywhere he goes. You know what that means? Wherever you go, wherever you find yourself, wherever you are, God's already been there, and he's going with you, and he'll come along behind you. Oh, give him a hand. Hallelujah. It's pretty awesome to think that his love is already waiting for us to arrive. I want you to think about this statement. It's pretty awesome to think that God's just waiting on us to get there. What do you mean? Everywhere we will go, in every moment we will ever be, to enjoy today, tomorrow, and forever, God's love has already arrived there. It doesn't matter where you go, God got there before you got there. It doesn't matter where you find yourself, God was there before you ever showed up. And he was there that his joy might go before you, and his joy might be with you, and his joy might follow along after you. And the amazing thing is this, that he already knows, listen, he already knows how we're going to respond and how we're going to act in every That means that when we show an ugly attitude, God already knew he was going to do it. If we respond right or we don't respond right, God already knew it. If we love or if we don't, in the midst of it, God already knew it. But here's what I like. Even though we may not always respond right, Joe, even though we may not always react right, and even though we may not always do right, he still says, my love for you is greater than your response. You may not act right. You may not respond right. But I love you anyway. Oh, give him a hand in here. Hallelujah. Here's another fact for you. God hates sin. That's not a new one, is it? God hates sin. But there's another side to that statement I want you to listen to. But he loves the sinner. God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. I want to stop and tell somebody, if you've been walking in sin, if you've been living in sin, God hates the sin that you've been abiding in. But God sent me by to tell you, it doesn't matter what sin you walked in, God said, I love you anyway. It doesn't matter where you abided, God said, I love you anyway. He doesn't love your sin, but he loves you. His love is not a conditional love, but it is an unconditional love that he has for his people. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6 and 8, Amplified Bible, while we were still helpless, powerless to provide for our salvation, at the right time Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to willingly give his life even for an upright man, though perhaps for a good man, one who is noble and selfless and worthy. Someone might even dare to die, but God clearly shows and proves his love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can I tell somebody in this room, we can be confident in the life that God has given us today. Why? Not because we love Him, but because He loves us. I know we've already established that this morning, but I want to establish it again. You can be confident in the life that God has given you, not because you love Him, but because He loves you. And listen, that's where our confidence comes from, from His love for us. You can be confident in God because of the love that He has for you. You ever had those moments in your life when you felt unloved? You felt unworthy? Felt like nobody cared? Felt like it really mattered to nobody? You ever had those moments? If you're living and breathing, you've had them. Amen? I said if you're living and breathing, you've had them. But it's in those moments that the love of God, I believe, breaks through in the greatest ways. When God begins to reveal to us, wait a minute, I don't care how low you are, how empty you feel, or how don't care you feel, many people feel about your life. I love you where you are. Here's something else you need to think about this morning. I want you to hear it. If we did not do anything to earn God's love, we don't need to live in fear of losing God's love. I said that as calmly as I know how because I want you to get it. If we didn't do anything to earn God's love, we don't need to live in fear of losing God's love. Regardless of what the enemy constantly would like for us to believe, the devil would like for you to believe that you're going to lose God's love if you do this or you do this or you do this. He's always wanting you to believe you're going to lose the love of God. But if we didn't do anything to gain it, we can't do anything to lose it. You with me? So you need to understand, quit thinking that God's going to stop loving you if you do this or you do that. Just understand, He loves you unconditionally. I want you to understand, I wonder how many relationships are affected by the element of the fear of being lost. How many relationships are broken because of fear of being lost? Far too many relationships are conditional in nature. Listen to me. Far too many physical relationships relationships we have on this earth are conditional in nature. What do you mean? What can you do for me? How will this benefit me? How can I manipulate this situation for my benefit? That's what many people believe. That's what many people feel. That's what many people are after. How can I motivate this situation so it's going to benefit my life? I believe that's why the divorce rate in the world is at an all-time high. Because too many are in it for what's in it for them and not what's in it for each other. Oh, God, help us this morning. Number two, I told you some things we need to understand this morning. Number two, you need to understand that Jesus knows everything about you. You need to understand Jesus knows everything about who you are. What do you mean? He knows about your past. He knows about your present. He knows about your future. He knows the good. He knows the bad. He knows the ugly. And He still loves you. 
He knows the good, the bad, the ugly. He knows everything about you, and he still loves you. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know about the Lord? In 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. You do not have to prove anything to God. Oh, somebody listen to me. Too many people trying to prove themselves to the Lord. You don't have to prove anything to God. He loves you for who you are. He sees through all the stuff in your life. He sees through all the junk in your life. He sees through all the muck that's in your life. And He loves you just the same. There may be a lot of muck. There may be a lot of stuff. But God loves you just the same. That fact alone is more than enough reason for His grace to be called amazing just to know that he loves us amidst all the stuff in our life. There's not a person in this room who don't have stuff. There's not a person in this room who don't have probably some kind of muck, have some kind of adverse things in your life. But God looks beyond all the stuff and He sees you. And He sees you for who you are. And He sees you for who He intends. And He wants you to be. Amen. Can I tell you that's why there is complete rest in God's love. Why? You don't have to act like somebody you are not. I want somebody to listen to me right here. You don't have to pretend to be something you are not. You do not have to try to be someone everyone will like. Why? When it comes to God, you don't have to compare yourself with someone else. You don't have to compete for God's attention. You can be yourself, and He will love you just like you are. That's one thing I love about the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we sit down with certain people in our life, and we feel like we got to talk a certain way, we got to act a certain way, we got to be a certain way because of who they are, because of the position they hold, or who they are in life. But I want to stop and tell somebody, I'm so thankful when I sit down with God or I get along with God, I can just be real with Him, and I can be who I am, and He'll be who He is, and I don't have to try to impress God. I don't have to try to contend for His attention. I don't have to try to work my way in. He's out of listen. Can I stop and tell you, after all, he made you. I want somebody to get this. After all, God made you. There's no one who knows you better than God knows you. Nobody understands you better than God understands you. Nobody knows your quirks better than God knows your quirks. You don't have to change yourself before you come to know him. I want somebody to get this. You don't have to change who you are before you come to know him because once you come to know him, you will change automatically without even trying. Why? Because when you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, old things begin to die off in your life, and the love of God starts rising up in you. Listen, it's not about right living. It's about right believing. Too many people feel like they got to live right before they can come to Jesus. It don't work that way. Too many people feel like they got to get it right before they come to Jesus. It don't work that way. It's not about right living. It's about right believing. It's not about what you're capable of, but it's about what He is capable of. 
The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Everything becomes new. Everything about you begins to change. But listen, human nature has a hard time accepting the emptiness of that. What do you mean? Human nature has a hard time believing that if you come to Christ, everything changes. Human nature has a hard time believing that God can do something like that in your life. The world says it just can't be that easy. But God in his infinite wisdom designed it so that we could be, it could be attainable, so that we could experience the life that God intended for us to experience. Listen, there's a lot of people in this world who have never experienced the love of God. This is important. There's a lot of people in this world who have never experienced the love of God in their life. But what they do not know is this. Even though they're not enjoying it, it does not change the fact that they're still loved by God and He is patiently waiting to pour His love out upon them the moment they receive Him. They may not live and be living in it, but it's there waiting on them. They may not be abiding in it, but it's there waiting on them. You see, it's kind of like this. It's like having access to a bank account. You never have to check the balance on. You will always have plenty, more than enough to do whatever you want to do, anytime you want to do it, having access to access to whatever you need, but you're living in poverty because you don't know you have it. And that's the way it is with the love of God. We got access to all that He has. But so many times spiritually we live in poverty because we don't realize we have it. We don't realize we have access to it. We don't realize that we can do it. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14, so I kneel humbly in the awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, listen, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and exclusive it is. Endless love, <clears throat> endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. Listen to this. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled so overflowing with the fullness of God. Aren't you glad to know this morning that the love of God will fill you to the fullness of who He is in your life? I want to say this to somebody. Don't you listen to me. It doesn't matter whether you feel worthy or not. It doesn't matter if you've missed every opportunity God has given you or not. It doesn't matter if you've ever done anything to deserve the love of God. It doesn't matter if you have nothing to offer Him. God still 
takes great pleasure in you and who you are. You see, what I want you to understand this morning, I'm not just preaching to two or three people in this room. I'm talking to people in this house been serving God for years. But God's opening up a new revelation in your eyes and in your spirit as I'm speaking this morning. Because he's making you realize that he loves you. Some of you feel like you've gone through stuff and you've gone through things that have limited the love of God in your life. But nothing has limited God for God's love for you. Can I remind you, you are his creation. You are his masterpiece. Max Licato said it like this. The love of God is like the Amazon River flowing down the water. One daisy. The mighty Amazon River flowing down to flow one the water one day. So what does that mean? That's how much God values you, and that's how much value God puts on one person. You are worth everything to God. You are worth everything to God. This is important. You are a priceless work of art in his eyes. He is willing to give everything he has just for you. I'm going to say that one more time. He's willing to give everything he has just for you. But can I tell you, he's not only willing... He's already done it. He's not only willing, he has already done it. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen to me. God wants us to rest in the fact that he left nothing out He thought of everything that we would ever need or have need of, and he included it in his love, and he gave it to us at the cross of Calvary. He gave it all and surrendered it into our, to us at the cross of Calvary. Every promise he has ever made to us has been guaranteed by the cross of Calvary. Every promise God has ever made to us has been guaranteed by his love. Every promise God has ever made to us has been guaranteed by his word. He loves you so much that every promise he ever made you has been guaranteed by that same love. Which means if God said it, hold on to it because God will do it. I want to close with this this morning. Not only did God love us enough to send his son, Jesus, to redeem us from our sin. This is important. But he also loved us enough to give us access to everything Jesus has. God loved you and me enough that he sent his son to die for us. We all know that. We all understand that. He loved us enough that he laid down his life. Jesus laid down his life for us. But God also loved you enough that he gave you access to everything Jesus has. Have you ever stopped and really thought about this? Jesus is the son of God, correct? 
Sir, when you were washed in the blood of the Lamb and Jesus came into your life, you became what? A son of God. Ma'am, when Jesus washed you in the blood and he came into your life, you became a what? A daughter of God. My children, from my oldest to my youngest, they have access to anything I have. Why? Because they're my children. That doesn't mean you just lay everything out there. I get that. I understand that. They have to go through just like everybody else. Same way it is with God. We have access to everything Jesus has access to. And all we have to do is go to Him. And we find it, did He? I want to close with these statements. Don't you listen to me. All of this was made possible by the finished work at Calvary. It was all made possible because what Jesus did at Calvary. And I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet all across this room. He has given us an all-access pass. Oh, if that don't make you want to shout, I don't know what will. He has given us an all-access pass to everything He has for everything we need, for everything that we desire, for whatever we could want for. He has given us an all-access pass. And I ask you, are you accessing everything that is available unto you this morning? Are you accessing everything God has made available in your life? Are you living in the extravagant love that God has given you? I'm going to tell you the truth of the matter. Very few people in this room are living in the full access of what they have available to them. Very few people in this room are accessing what God has made available to their life. But here's what I want to say to you this morning. Everyone in this house has different needs. Everyone in this house has different situations going on in your life. There's diff different things you need God to do. But you have access to everything God has. If you need healing, you have access. If you need salvation, you have access. If you need endowment of power, you have access. If you need the fire of God to burn in your life, you have access. If you need the miraculous, you have access. If you need things physical, you have access. If you need things spiritual, you have access. Whatever you need, you have access. I want you to imagine something just a moment. I'm going to give the altar call. Close your eyes with me just for a minute. I want you to imagine in your mind a huge warehouse. 
a huge place. Imagine it in your mind. You have an all-access pass to walk into this building. And once you walk through the door, anything in that building that you need is yours. Imagine it for a minute. Just imagine it. Anything you can desire is in that building. It's yours. Imagine it. You got an all-access pass, and you walk through the door, and anything you want is made available. I'm going to ask you, what would you go for first? What would take priority? Now, here's what I want to ask you this morning. The same way you envisioned this room that you walked into where everything's available. You have an all-access pass. All you have to do is go and be willing to receive it. Can I tell you that God has done the very same for you today? He has allowed you to walk into this room where his presence is. And in his presence, you have an all-excess pass to anything you could need, want, or desire from God. Here's the way I give this all to call. I want you to look at me all across this room. If you need anything from God today, you have an all-excess pass. If there's anything you prayed for, anything you believed for, anything you desired from God, anything you sought for God for, anything in your life you need from him, get out of your seat right now. Come toward him in the name of Jesus. Hurry, 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 hurry. Love is a powerful four-letter word. And the understanding of that word is this. You have an all-access pass to the grace of God, the mercy of God, the goodness of God, everything that God has for your life. Now, if I had that building in front of behind me that I asked you to envision, and I opened the doors to that building, and I said, you have an all-access pass. Go get what you need. Go get what you want. There's not a person in this house would miss that opportunity. I don't care who you are. There's not a person in this room who would miss that opportunity. I don't care who you are. It may not be exactly like you envision, but you have that kind of access with God today. And I'm going to say this, and we're going to pray. Don't you miss what God wants to do for you this morning. Don't you miss what God has available to you today. I don't care what you feel like. Please don't take this the wrong way. I don't care what you don't feel like. 
Too many times we let our feelings get in the way of what we receive from God. If we don't feel like it, we just ain't going to do it. If we don't feel certain things, we're just not going to do it. We can't let our feelings rob us from what God has for our life. And it doesn't mean you got to come to the front of this room to get it. You can get it right where you are in this building. You can get it where you're seated. You can get it where you're standing. You can get it wherever you are in this house. But I want you to understand something this morning. Do not miss your opportunity with an all-access pass to what God has for your life. He loves you so much. 